From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A local political action group is asking Juneau registered voters to approve a ballot referendum regarding the city's mandatory disclosure of real estate values in transactions code. The group Protect Juneau Homeowners Privacy is attempting to collect 2,130 signatures in the next 30 days to achieve a ballot referendum to repeal CBJ code, the mandatory disclosure of real estate values in transactions. Organizer Annie Spears says the group believes the issue could be decided by voters, not the Assembly. Our organization feels very strongly that this issue, this ordinance, would be best served if it had gone to ballot and let the citizens of Juneau decide as whether or not we give up our, our rights to disclosure. Currently, we know Alaska is considered a non-disclosure state. The City Assembly passed this in November of 2020. And we were upset. A lot of our members went and talked to the city assembly. We testified, and they still passed the ordinance. Spears says her group's goal is to educate the voters of Juneau. One asked if the ballot initiative was sparked by the disclosure ordinance or a follow-up fine of $50 a day for noncompliance, Spears said. This is actually about both. It starts with the mandatory disclosure, specifically. And we probably would have pushed this to ballot sooner, but we wanted to wait until we had a municipal election so we didn't burden the taxpayers with any special elections. Also, the timing of when this ordinance came out, the city and a lot of people were under, you know, a lot of strain uh, with the pandemic um, and a lot of the measures that were in place. So it was not a good time to organize to get and protest this issue. So. This right now is just a good timing because we have the October 4th ballot coming up, the municipal ballot, and so it's timely as far as that. According to Spears, signature collectors will be canvassing neighborhoods and at local businesses and organizations looking for support. CERT celebrated the return of ROAR with its 2022 Women's Conference on Friday night. For the first time in over a year, CERT hosted the WAR's Women's Conference and Centennial Hall. According to organizer Sherry Patterson, the community event inspires, uplifts, and empowers the women who attend. She says it's important that the event returned in person. It's very important. We wanted to do this for the women of our community and for the women of our communities that we serve. And it's been rough the last few years. And so we wanted to do, we want to switch it up a little bit and make this a relaxed atmosphere and then laugh, laugh us out at the end of it. It was just incredibly important to, to us to, to put this on. We had to. <laughs> we just had to. Patterson says empowerment is important to all women. Oh, incredibly important. Um, we have to support each other. We have to. When one is strong and one, one is courageous, it only fuels the next one. So those of us who can should do all that we can do to pull this, the others along with us. And Patterson says this is the big picture takeaway. Respect. Respect uh, respect our women. Respect each other. Support our women. We have dreams. We have vision. Some more you know, elaborate than others, but still it's a dream and it's a vision that needs to be massaged and cultivated and see come into fruition. And those that are able to give and push forward or bring along, it's our job to do so. And then there was music, courtesy of Annie Bartholomew. Yo, Daddy's dream. In your mama's too.
The conference continued on Saturday. A report is stating that Alaska Airlines pilots are just days away from voting on striking. According to King 5 News in Seattle, the window for the strike ballot opens May 9th and closes May 25th. Contract negotiations between Alaska Airlines and pilots are in an impasse. Contract negotiations between the two parties have failed in past years. Negotiations and a current industry-wide pilot shortage had a direct impact on the International Airport in Seattle, which experienced dozens of flight cancellations on Friday. At least 28 of those cancellations were Alaska Airlines flights. The State Emergency Operations Center responded to flooding in Manly Hot Springs over the weekend. An interagency team, including the Tanana Chiefs Conference, state troopers, Civil Air Patrol, National Weather Service, and others engaged. An estimated 50 to 75 community members who live in low-lying areas have been moved to higher ground. A Tanana Chiefs Conference village public safety officer is in the community and is helping assess the situation. The interagency team is ready to support critical life, health, and safety as needed, determined by identification assessments. The flood could have been caused by ice breakup along the Yukon, Cusquim, Koyukuk, Tanana, and other major rivers. The Coast Guard cutter Reef Shark has transited the Panama Canal during its voyage north to the capital city. The cutter transited the canal on April 24th as the ship changes its home port from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Juneau. The U.S. Coast Guard made the announcement via Twitter on May 5th. The cutter is expected to arrive in Juneau this summer. The Reef Shark is an 87-foot-long Marine Protector-class vessel, which is a class of coastal patrol boats of the Coast Guard. Missions include search and rescue support, combating drug smuggling and illegal immigration, marine fisheries enforcement, and recreational boater safety. University of Alaska Southeast is offering a STEPS summer program for students 16 through 24. This program offers high schoolers to graduate with some kind of certification or degree. Tuition and fees are funded by the STEPS program. Tina Reinman has an explanation on how the STEPS summer programs work. So STEPS is a, it's a grant-funded program administered locally here actually by the Alaska Association of School Boards. It's a huge grant with many, many partners of which UAS and CERC are partners in the grant. Our aim for UAS's purposes is to provide opportunities, post-secondary opportunities for success for students from our partner districts. Juno, Sitkahuna, Yakutat, Angoon, and Heidelberg interested students are eligible to apply. Travel can also be covered for eligible students. Some of the classes include engine repair, trades, construction, health science, intro to behavioral health, and career exploration. Ryman has information on how to sign up and when the program will take place. There is an application on the career education page that students can fill out and that will give us all the information we need to find out what source of funding we're going to be helping them with and what, what courses they're interested in and whether or not they want to stay on campus. Um, they start the day after Memorial Day, May 31st, that's a Tuesday, and then they're going to go through the following Saturday, June 4th. Ed Schoenfield and Betsy Loggenbaugh are both volunteers with the Juno Douglas City Museum and put on the Death in Douglas True Crime Walking Tours. 
The first tour was on Saturday. There's a Douglas side and a Juno side. Schoenfeld spoke about the Douglas tour. On the Douglas tour, we have, uh, what, seven or eight cases we talk about. We walk close to two miles because it's a walking tour. We talk about the case of Joseph McDonald, who was a Treadwell mine superintendent in 1902, who killed a fellow who didn't like the way things were running there and, and had made a few comments to that effect. We talk about Babe Brown, who was uh, one of many prostitutes who worked in Douglas and Treadwell. Treadwell was the company town, the mining town next to Douglas, and it turned out she was likely part of an international sex trafficking ring, something I think people don't realize was happening in the uh, 19-teens, but that's when that happened. And a number of other cases, including a couple killings in the uh, Douglas Indian Village, and we do take a look at uh, at missing and murdered uh, indigenous women. And Loggenbaugh had more information about the downtown tour. So the, the downtown tour is one that we've done now for several years, and there's some, I think, fascinating stories. I think our stories take place between around 1900 and uh, 1959, when statehood uh, came into being. And so they're all, they're all pretty old. It's really hard sometimes telling these stories because these are about lives that were cut short by someone else's uh, behavior and uh, people who were lost to time. The stories that we've collected are all original in the sense that we found them. We just did a huge amount of research looking at old newspapers, 80 murders between about 1900 and 1960. So we picked out of those 80 these stories that we tell on the walking tours. The Alaska Mental Health Trust Authority Board of Trustees has directed $1.55 million in trust grant funding to supporting housing projects in several communities, including Juneau. Trustees directed $300,000 in grant funding to United Human Services of Southeast Alaska for Juneau's Teal Street Center which is in Phase 3. Sarah Chapel is the campaign coordinator for the Teal Street Center project. The Alaska Mental Health Trust Authority has been a supporter of Teal Street Center and United Human Services from the very beginning. They were one of our very first donors, helped us in the pre-development stage, and this grant of $300,000 is for the very final phase of our construction. The trust has donated a total of over $500,000 towards this important endeavor. And we are now, thanks to them, reaching the point in this campaign where we can see the finish line. Chapel explained what Teal Street Center will be. Teal Street Center is a social services hub for Southeast Alaska. We're located in Juneau, in the Mendenhall Valley, in the heart of what's really becoming a social services center. The new homeless shelter, the Glory Hall, is right next door to us on an adjacent property. St. Vincent de Paul's low-income senior housing and transitional housing are right next door. A lot of different services that folks may need in one place so that they're not left to run all over town. We're going to have adequate parking, a very accessible building, and we expect that thousands of people every year are going to benefit from this hub of social services. Teal Street Center will serve Juneau and the surrounding southeast region. Teal Street Center will lease space to numerous partner organizations, creating a one-stop service location. Trustees also approved a grant of $150,000 for the project in 2020 for the first phase of construction. The Juneau Assembly is weighing putting the elimination of sales tax on food on the ballot, but alongside that there's the consideration of an increase to the citywide sales tax either year-round or seasonally. Assemblymember Carol Dream spoke about that on Action Line. She said she is supportive of removing the tax on food. It's really good in terms of equity because 
the people who have less money spend more of their income on food and that extra sales tax is just a, a bigger burden for them. And of course it's helpful for everybody. Everybody buys food. So everybody's putting paying sales tax on the food that they buy. However, removing such a tax would cost the city $6 million. Replacing that revenue has been important to me and important to the other members of the assembly. And we've had to come up with, we've looked at a number of ways that we could do that. And we've explored different options. And I think what we're left with is the possibility of removing sales tax on food, but simultaneously changing the sales tax to either a higher year round rate or a higher seasonal rate. And that's what we're looking at putting in front of voters in October. Treem said that if the sales tax on food is removed, and if an increase to the citywide sales tax is made, residents will save about $140. Our finance director has looked at that and has his math that he's done in his finance world has come out that actually your average resident, like individual person in Juneau would be saving $140 a year. So that's, you know, it's $140 over a whole year is doesn't sound like a lot of money, of course, that is. So that's under the assumption that the sales tax is removed, the sales tax on food is removed, but then a sales tax is imposed. Correct, that the rate increases on other things. Train was asked what her preference is between a year-round sales tax or just seasonal. It's a trade-off, and this is this is a hard decision for us to make, and I think um, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm happy that it would have to go to voters. To, to change the sales tax, we would have to send it to voters anyway. But I think that will also let the community weigh in on whether they feel that trade-off is worth it. Juno Assembly member Carol Treem commenting on Action Line. And the Maritime Festival was over the weekend on Saturday. Brian Holst for the Juno Economic Development Council. Excellent. Well, we are, once again, a sunny day in Juneau. We're very pleased to see that happening. We're down here at the Elizabeth Pratovich Plaza here on the waterfront in downtown Juneau. Great turnout. We've sold out our vendor space, so there's about 50 vendors here. We have beer garden and a live stage. Uh, this morning, we already had the demonstration from the U.S. Coast Guard came and gave a rescue demonstration, and the festival opened with Yisku dancers giving us arriving in canoe with the One People Canoe Society and then performing on the stage. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.